chapter twenty three of australia new zealand and some other islands of the south seas by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b australia's island wards most people associate thursday island with its great neighbor new guinea the second largest island on the globe of what we might call mainland new guinea i have already written in my book on java and the east indies you will recall that it is divided into dutch new guinea papua and former kaiser wilhelm's land both papua and the former german possessions are now administered by australia besides former kaiser wilhelm's land the territory of new guinea embraces the bismarck archipelago and some of the solomon islands germany owned also the marshall and the caroline islands lying north of the equator which are now governed by japan while former german samoa is under the jurisdiction of new zealand australia has the responsibility of looking after nearly one hundred thousand square miles of territory outside the commonwealth and although she is determined to remain an all-white continent she has under her jurisdiction thousands of primitive colored peoples the natives of former kaiser wilhelm's land are if anything wilder and more savage than those of papua thousands of them go naked save for breech cloths of bark for the men and short petticoats of woven grass for the women along the extreme northern coast are tribes that are entirely nude with the exception of a shell necklace and a few bird-of-paradise feathers stuck in their woolly hair some tribes paint themselves in stripes of white red yellow and black and others scar themselves with flints or by fire i have photographs of native houses recently taken in new guinea some of these houses are of great size and many families live under one roof the buildings are frequently set upon piles a platform of poles being first constructed a skeleton framework built upon this and mats of woven leaves or grass fastened to it the mats are so arranged that they can be raised or lowered to keep out the mosquitoes and the flies which are exceedingly troublesome in other parts of the island there are houses built in the trees to which the people retreat in times of danger the different tribes are frequently at war with one another and the missionaries tell me that sometimes these feuds go on between tribes and villages for generations cannibalism exists in some localities though not to a great extent the british have observed it among the people along the gulf of papua and it is found also in northern new guinea the ordinary food of the natives is about the same as that of the samoans their chief diet being the yam the taro which is a kind of potato and the banana the islands of the bismarck archipelago have some tribes stranger even than those of new guinea on one of them according to good authorities the girls are kept in wicker cages from the age of six or eight years until they are married the cages are built inside large houses set aside for the purpose the girls are let out once a day to bathe but otherwise they are not permitted to leave their traps their food is handed in through the bars and they pace up and down at times like caged lions these cages are under the charge of the old women of the tribe who see that the girls do not flirt with the passers-by or peepers in the young men have the right to look at the cages now and then and probably after making proper presents to the guards and the parents of the girl one may woo the maiden of his choice through the bamboo meshes 
i am told that these girls do not suffer in health from their imprisonment and that notwithstanding their seclusion they make very good wives and later on are by no means averse to having their daughters caged up as they were in this hot climate the people mature rapidly and the marriageable age for a girl is eleven or twelve years the unmarried damsel of fifteen is considered an old maid new britain the principal island of this group is three hundred and fifty miles long new ireland the next in size is about two hundred miles long and only twenty miles wide new britain is traversed by a mountain chain whose tallest peak is the father it is seventy five hundred feet high and is an active volcano in new ireland the people of each village are divided into two classes and marriage between the classes is strictly forbidden if a woman marries outside her class the punishment is death but the male offender merely pays a fine both women and men go naked and cannibalism is common the people live in small huts shaped like beehives surrounded by bamboo fences the young unmarried men have common houses where they live together most of the few hundred europeans living in the archipelago are gathered at rabal in new britain this is a well-planned spick-and-span town once the capital of german new guinea here one of the most interesting characters of the pacific islands had her headquarters this was a woman of remarkable courage and business ability half samoan who back in the eighties started german new guinea on the road to prosperity in the coconut business queen emma as she was called was a most enterprising trader and it was from her that the german new guinea development company in which the former kaiser was said to be a heavy investor bought trading rights the enormous areas under her management were finally forbidden to german officers because of their cruelty to the natives whom queen emma always championed she was almost worshipped by the islanders of whom she employed thousands at length however she married a handsome young german officer and went to europe to take a high place in the society of berlin she died several years ago at monte carlo new ireland too has its romance for it was here that some forty years ago a wealthy frenchman the marquis de ray tried to start the free colony of oceania in his prospectus new ireland was described as an earthly paradise in which each settler was to have fifty acres with a house and every comfort would-be colonists from the crowded lands and streets of france belgium and italy were numerous money was poured into the enterprise which however suffered from mismanagement and poor organization arrived at the spot chosen on the unsheltered southeast point of the island the colonist ship dumped its cargo on the open beach steam cranes sugar mill machinery handsome carriages agricultural implements bricks crates of food and immense piles of clothing lay in confusion under the tropical sun boxes of handles for shovels and axes were landed but neither shovels nor axes could be found to go with them there were stacks of wheelbarrows without wheels much of the clothing was heavy and unsuited to the climate the only thing entirely complete to the last detail was the building material for a cathedral a gift to the settlers from the french people it was never put up many of the intending colonists did not even leave the ship some died of malaria for quinine had been left out of the medical stores the rest of them scattered a number going on to australia 
only one a mere boy decided to stay on and he at last grew to be one of the wealthiest men of new guinea a little to the east of the bismarck archipelago are the solomon islands the principal island in this group is bougainville which is bigger than puerto rico it is quite rugged having two constantly active volcanoes and one mountain of an altitude of more than two miles above sea level the natives here are of the same race as those on the adjoining islands and equally as savage in most cases the men go naked and in some of the islands the women wear no clothing until they are married both men and women pierce their ears the holes and the lobes being gradually stretched until they are as big around as a napkin ring among such tribes the nose is pierced and a long pin of bone or shell is stuck through it there is some tattooing and scars made by burning are considered fine ornaments the solomon islanders are barely out of cannibalism and head-hunting was not long ago the profession and pleasure of most of the young men polygamy is practiced and some of the chiefs have as many as a hundred wives the islanders do some farming raising bananas yams and taro they are good fishermen and gather shells and pearls for sale coconuts are the chief product of the solomon islands although it has been proved that rubber sugar-cane and cotton will flourish there but expansion of the plantations cannot be undertaken without a large supply of labor australia has introduced fairer labor conditions than she found throughout the islands she now administers special ordinances provide for a ten-hour day a weekly day of rest and observance of public holidays board lodging and medical attendance are free and minimum and maximum wages have been prescribed there is neither slavery nor forced labor and the recruiting of native labor is strictly regulated missionaries especially those of the methodist church are at work in all the islands their faithful labor has gone on for many years and there are now a large number of native evangelists one of the missionaries tells me that the people are being slowly but surely civilized and that a number of them are christians End of chapter 23